Hello, and wake- fuck. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to a very special episode of Maple Syrup Blood Money. As always, I'm your delightful host, Kyle Carty. And joining me, also as always, the something to my something, because I forgot to prepare for this bit. <laughs> Noah Garden. Good job, Kyle. Yeah, I'm real professional you today. Killed it. Uh, you killed the bit. And joining us, not as always, are two other Jags. <laughs> Guys, that's you. That's your cue, y'all. Oh, hey, no, oh. hi, I, I'm Spencer Harris. <laughs> and uh, I'm Caleb from the Mix 6 podcast and RPPR. Oh, also, yeah, I'm also from the <laughs> yeah. Mix 6. Isn't We're that from cool? The same yeah, how about that? That's right, everyone. Your fan theories are correct. We do exist in the same canon universe as each other's podcasts. So, we are here today on this you know, whatever the date is, I've genuinely forgotten at this point in the day, uh, to talk about Riverdale, a season in review, featuring the guys from the Mixed Sixth, who at, I believe, Noah and I's, like, sort of both badgering, at, I mean, I know I badgered Caleb about well, it. Noah, did you badger both well, of them? A, a little bit. I, I think Spencer was the easier sell on the whole thing, <laughs> in that I just said, here's oh, the yeah, show absolutely. based on Archie Comics, but it's also done by the CW, so... There you go. It's grim dark. Yeah, here's, what, here's what you need to know. Like, it's on the CW, so my interest was initially peaked. And then I thought, oh man, like a Saved by the Bell on meth version of Archie? Okay, I'm definitely watching this. And then Noah was like, I do a podcast about this. And I thought, see you there, boo. <laughs> so here we are. I want to I wanna thank you for pestering me into watching it, because that like makes it a lot better for me psychologically and ethically having watched it now to know that like there was some form of pre peer pressure like, yeah, yeah for sure i was definitely yeah. no, i feel i feel it. like there's you know i will get some leniency in whatever court judges me for my netflix sins it, um, <laughs> it wasn't my choice officer kyle yeah, made yeah. <laughs> kyle made me do it oh my god so um I suppose I have been, uh, I've nominated myself to, I guess, take up the moderator slot for this, for this adventure, this incredibly ill-prepared adventure that we have done about as much prep work for as you could expect. You might say you've taken up the Jughead mantle, Kyle. Ah, ooh, <laughs> color me impressed. Yes, I will be playing Jughead today, the fool, or perhaps the investigator let's get to the hard-hitting questions i suppose the first one that i <laughs> i, I want to start doing an npr voice very very badly but i'm like resisting it so i'm only halfway there right okay. now so i guess let's just get if you could summarize one at a time each of your opinions on the first season of riverdale in like one or two words just as succinct as possible let me know what you thought about the first season because my word is buck wild mm, mm -hmm. refined i like that kyle mm, thank you caleb what would you say statutory <laughs> <laughs> if i just cool. get to one word that's the one that uh comes to mind yeah we can fill yeah. in the blanks 
Right. <laughs> yeah. Mine is a little less uh, legally enticing, I guess, as it were, <laughs> depending on what side of the law you're on. I would say dialectical synthesis. Is that one word? Well, it's a, if you hyphenate it, it is. Okay, what's that mean? I'm a Philistine. Yeah, yeah, for real. Yeah, so... <laughs> yeah, okay, so... Smarty like, pants. Uh, you know, dialectics is this idea that things exist on either end of a spectrum. You don't know hot until you know cold, etc., that bit. And so when I was teaching this, I would try to explain the notion of dialectics because they set goalposts for symbols with my students using a bunch of things that are obvious opposites. This is hot, this is cold, this is good, this is bad. This is left, this is right. And now, if I ever go back to teaching, what instead what I will do on our day about dialectics is I will show them the first episode of Riverdale without any explanation. <laughs> Hi, yes, welcome to and class, I everyone. Say, I will say, see, some things can be both the best and worst thing you've ever <laughs> seen. <laughs> and that is dialectical <laughs> And that's how I would describe the first season of Riverdale, that... that there were moments where my wife would look at me and say, I fucking hate this show. And then three minutes later, something would happen. Like, Dark Betty would show up, uh, and she would be like, this is the best show I have oh ever seen. Oh, my God. Dark oh, Betty. Okay. Yeah. My wife has had exactly. similar thought processes on it. She watched the first few episodes with me once I started binging on it. And just, like, unlike some of my other terrible ventures that I go through, like, it was bad enough to keep her in the seat, but not, like, Paul Blart Mall Cop too bad, where she had to leave the room. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's, yes, it exists in that middle space. Sometimes the worst, sometimes the best. Dialectical synthesis. Did we get your word, Noah Carter? Uh, bananas. Oh, good choice, good choice, mm. good choice. Mm -hmm. I could go for a banana split right now. It is so... Goddamn hot in this room right now. I am sorry. I'm sweating like a pig because I had to turn the AC off to record this gosh dang show. You know what I want to talk, I want to talk about heat for a second. Oh, please. So, yeah. When Cheryl yeah. and Jason <laughs> are preparing in their, like, 1890s Maypole outfits <laughs> to go wandering into the river rapids and looking glaringly into each other's eyes. Like, they had frozen breath and they were, like, very cold but it happened just before the start of school. So I have to assume it's like fucking August in Riverdale and it's like chilly. And Jughead's lived his entire life in the projection booth of a drive-in theater. He would have frozen to death. Oh, I'm just saying. Oh, like, 100%. When Riverdale rolls in, the Southside Snakes and uh, the various other uh, transient hobo camps that <laughs> apparently exist in every direction outside of the the Riverdale, like, Logan's Run sphere where all the perfect people live. It just has to be a mass die-off. There's just, a nice yeah. hobo buffer zone surrounding the city. <laughs> yes. Oh That's God. why it's untouched by history, apparently, and you can still have, like, the crazy anachronisms. Because you don't go there. That's where the, the Hobo Mad Max city that surrounds Riverdale is. It's, a, it's the best kept city. That's why Emo's still alive, and Archie can perform it. Um, no one's gotten in with a new like musical tactic. Yeah, it's it's great. Yeah, yeah, we don't we don't talk about Riverdale. That's the that's the town near us that we just <laughs> avoid at all costs. So, like that is an interesting point though. On July fourth, because that's the that's the date where they intentionally capsize their boat. They are they do look exceptionally cold, which I think Noah kind of only plays more in hand with our theory. Yes, our 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 kind of our grown up from the roots theory that 
that Riverdale is actually this weird liminal space where, like, everything just kind of converges in the mists, and you can't really get in or out, you're just kind of there. Yeah, it's it's like a demiplane unto itself of, like, only marginally better, like, White Wolf, World of Darkness caliber writing. That's the only stories that get told in there. Sans oh, no. the actual vampires. And that's and that's what I want from the second season. Like, I want Gonzo like, okay, so yes. Sabrina Blossom is a literal witch. Can we talk about that? <laughs> like, she has literal fucking magic powers. So, like, I want it to go off the rails. I want Arrow to have a crossover. Oh, yeah. I want him to bring <laughs> back the kid from Smallville and have a day. In, uh, yeah, I, I want every part of it just to go off the rails. I want to acknowledge that Archie uh, is apparently a Hulk because he can just like punch through solid ice. Well, with he his... was, was yeah, he yeah. was our inspiration for the the maple syrup golem, correct? Archie? Archie wasn't he the maple syrup golem? Like he's actually just made of stone and pumped full of of lifeblood from the trees. Oh my god! I, I guess, is I that guess, the but he bleeds a lot. Yeah, he's he he left like. He's a couple quarts dry in that river. A lot of blood from that little barbarian boy. So then, now that we're starting to get into the meat of it, like, character-wise, Cheryl and Archie are two uh, red-haired, I don't know, uh, protagonists? Because to me, Cheryl is the protagonist of the series. Um, What (laughs) character... I don't want to say did you most identify with because none of them is the correct answer. <laughs> yeah. But Big what, Daddy Blossom. You liked Big Daddy yeah, Blossom no. the best? It's Franklin Blossom. Just for Franklin Blossom. Listen, <laughs> I just I want I want to take up a mantle for a second, popular or unpopular as it may be, and just say like, look, preach, I brother. Get it. Killing your son, it's like mm, probably frowned upon. Okay, I heard that, but also. That dude was trying to ruin the fucking family business. So I'm kind of looking at it like, I don't know, maybe he should have killed him, okay? And maybe, maybe fucking Cheryl should have gotten in line. Because it seems to me like all the Blossoms were trying to do is just get their shit together and make sure that they could provide for the next generation. And Jason, incestual Jason, if I may, he was trying to ruin shit. So I'm not saying I identified with Big Daddy Blossom. But I am saying, like, well, maybe he got a bad rap, though, because he was trying to keep shit going. Yeah, Jason did try to ruin a very successful heroin cartel. That is a fair point. Right. To be clear, the most successful heroin cartel. <laughs> yeah, pr- like, he's been going without a hint of public interest or any police enforcement for 40-plus years. Like, at a certain point, when your dad's El Chapo and he lets you in on the secret, That's and right. he's been doing it for, like, five decades... It's kind of on you when yep. you yep. want to, you know, <laughs> go against him to have your incestuous child with the weird... The only thing that gets out of the liminal plane is meth. Like, and that's great. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> yeah. nothing gets in, nothing gets out, except for this fucking cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> and I kind of feel like Jason stood there. He looked at the, the, like, ice castle he'd been frozen in, you know, with all of these wonderful people and rapey college or rapey high school football players, and he seemed to be living it up, and he was like, well, maybe not. And you know what? Like, I'm just saying Big Daddy Blossom had an agenda, okay? And I think that Jason should have seen it coming. Also, a great businessman. I mean, who would have thought artisanal opiates? Yeah. 
yeah. was the way to do it. But they're they're maple syrup barrel aged yeah. opiates. Like yeah, they have some a, craft beer it, shit. Like yeah, mm-hmm. you could go there. There's distinct flavor palette that you're gonna get when you shoot up. And it's going to be delicious. Yeah. You're going to have a good time. Would you right. like crack right. or pancake crack? I know yep. what I'm picking. I'm picking pancake crack. Ten times out of ten, pancake crack. <laughs> so, Noah, apart from our two, I guess now people that I can never meet in person anymore out of fear that they will murder me, um, our, two, our two murder friends. Noah, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm not like? a job creator like Franklin Blossom. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Do, do you do you plan on screwing up my economy, Kyle? Because if not, we cool. No, sir. No, sir. I'm, I'm not going to do anything. I apologize for speaking out of line. See, I'm not Jason. I fell in goddamn line. Listen, do your thing. Just please don't murder me. That's right. That's right. Amen. So, Noah, uh, who do you prefer? Because I'm clearly Cheryl. Like, oh. So it's it's three, blossom, three blossoms to who do you like? Oh, because I you, mean, there's one right answer. Oh, uh, I, I mean, I like Cheryl... Obviously. Who's your favorite, Noah? I think my favorite is still probably Kevin. Just because... Oh, shit, that's a good point. Yeah. He's He's a sweet, sweet boy. He's just trying his his darndest, despite what everybody thinks of his dad. Like, his dad's just doing his job. He's, like, the the, probably the best person in the town so far. Oh, hands down. Yeah, without a doubt. They're all monsters. Archie, I don't. I think Archie gets a pass just by virtue of not actually being a character. Like he's more of an idea than a person. He's just a horny, horny boy. <laughs> yeah, he's just a very, very thick, thick, horny boy. Yeah, I mean, I can't disagree. He's he's I, pretty awful. I um, you know, the thing about Archie is I. I understand that I'm supposed to identify him as the protagonist, and I understand that I'm supposed to look upon him with kind of like this childlike wonder, like a guy who, against all odds, is trying to to both do the right thing and his music teacher. <laughs> um, but I'm just... I'm not... At no point do I feel like, man, Archie's really making a concerted effort here to not be the bitchiest kid in the world. Um, and so I just... I don't... I do not identify with him in the ways I'm supposed to. I, In fact... You know, another bold claim. I'm going to be two for two here. The person who I think goes the hardest in the paint in terms of virtue early in the season is like definitely Betty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And 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 Dark Betty is 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 excused and frankly celebrated for a moment of lapse. She's gone so hard in the virtuous route that she has to step deeply into the vice route, if only for a moment, as a respite, if you will, from all of her virtuosity, virtuousness. Um, I, I think that if there's a character that I identify with the most that isn't obviously Papa Blossom, it's probably Betty early on, as not a female, and as not someone who's in high school, but probably like 20 or more, and as someone who isn't uh, probably in love with their best friend who doesn't love them. So I guess, you know, in all the other ways, one could be Betty. Uh, do you think Betty's dark Betty was a choice, or did she get like a bad batch of cover girl? Um, like some mad cow disease mascara? Yeah, and one part of me was like, wow, this is some shameless product placement in every episode. But then I'm like, hey, no, no. Then I'm like, hey, give the artist the benefit of the doubt. I've been in capable hands the entire time. I've been here in Riverdale by these extra, you know, expert narrative crafters. I bet they're just setting something up for season two. I think it's, I think the cover (laughs) girl's poisoned. I'm just saying. That's my, that's my pick for season two. 
Uh, Here's Cover what I World in season Chambray. two. Like hardcore dark Betty. And I mean like full on dyed her hair black, not some weird wig, like full in the paint emo, listening to Hawthorne Heights. And two, <laughs> speaking of CW crossovers, I want to see Big Daddy Blossom go eye zombie and like come back to life. Okay. You know what I mean? Like okay. that for me would really okay, set so... the show off. If he got like a little sassy, a little Australian, and suddenly he was back in the picture. Yeah, so he's selling the drugs that are turning people into zombies. That's, That's we right. now have our connection, we go, clearly. We go That's full right. afterlife with Archie, chilling tales of Sabrina, like... Yep. Deep into that So, yep. so I have right. the first four episode titles for season two sitting in front of me right now. Oh, do please. Episode one is A Kiss Before Dying, which is appropriate considering the way that the season ended. Rip. Uh... <laughs> Episode two is Nighthawks. What the fuck? Episode three, The Watcher in the Woods. Yes, 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 yes. And then yes, episode yes, four yes, is yes. The Town That Dreaded Sundown. I am so fucking hard for these titles. You have no idea, dog. Oh, <clears throat> The Watcher in the Woods is some, like, dark-ass, lord type shit that I cannot wait to get into bed with. If they do not take it into like a gonzo direction of just like I, off the fucking walls, I will be disappointed. Yes. It will color my impression. Like we've built too rich of a mythos and they've telegraphed too much for them to not they go They need to add Sabrina into the show. Like she needs to be an actual character showing up and being like, is she actually a witch or not? Hey, I think, uh, I think the scout leader um, oh, McLovin? Is gonna, yeah, yeah, it's just going to be full-blown monster hunter. He's going to go all, uh, you, you know, uh, Kiefer Sunderland and monster hunter with on that kind of shit. You, you see, uh, I wonder... He likes guns. I wonder he's, 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 if he's the first one that's going to get eaten. Like, he's that oh, person who's like, yeah. ooh, I see the writing on the walls, everything's going to hell. Like, the, the SJWs are ruining my country. But it turns out the SJW is a werewolf, and it eats his whole penis and then his body. <laughs> yeah. All right, so let, let, let's, let's pause. Well, here's the thing. Second. Yeah, I don't think they investigate his murder. Like, <laughs> no, I, think no Veronica's, I think Veronica's done murder investigation. She's on to other things now. And, like, when he, that kid dies, well, he wasn't very popular. Let's have another Jubilee. Uh, that's how I see that going down. So is there like is there a season two version of Archie that we all get behind? For example, like so what one is left to assume that that they're either gonna kill Luke Perry or not kill Luke Perry, which will have no effect on Luke Perry's acting. Okay? He will be the same character. Okay. I like Perry. I think he can sell it. Yeah, no, he was great. He was great as I just got up there. Okay? But like <laughs> so so let's assume for a second that they it, well either way if they kill him or don't kill him what if we got like a jack reacher john wick style archie just exclusively out for revenge doesn't have time to sleep with veronica you know jughead becomes kind of like a a, a, a batman and robin-esque support system and he is just fucking tearing through Riverdale. Strangling I mean, bitches with the guitar strings he can no longer write right. songs with. <laughs> yes, oh. yes. It, and it is just Josie and the Pussycats singing Landslide in the background <laughs> while Archie <laughs> is just leveling the town. Is this or is this not the greatest I, season of television I've I just pitched? I mean, I could say I would watch it, but it's Riverdale season two, so I'm going to watch it. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. 
I would say if that's what they did for the entirety of season two, and then just like they just didn't make a season three, like Archie kills every single person, and then it's just over, that would be over. a bold new a bold new move that I could actually support. Yeah, absolutely. And then and then season three of Archie is actually just like or Riverdale is actually like season seven of Arrow, where Archie becomes like the new Speedy. Uh, and and a kind of full circle thing there. Like, and I would watch that. They're like on their fifth speedy now, if memory serves. Yep, yep, yep. I haven't watched the most recent seasons. I stopped at like the Alien crossover. It was junk, is what I want you to know, and I loved every minute. Okay, but like, are we talking like Damien Dark junk, or are we talking like Rasa Ghoul drunk? Junk. No, no. Because like was, Damien was good, yeah. and the Rasa Ghoul stuff was Garbo. Well, the end of the Razal Ghoul stuff was was the most garbo. There was like some interesting Razal Ghoul stuff in the middle to me. We're talking like um, almost Zack Snyder levels of I'm not going to explain a thing. I'm just going to create shortcut. Well, actually, we're talking Riverdale levels of I'm not going to explain <laughs> a thing. I'm just I'm just going to assert that two things are related and then do a whole episode about their relationship. Um, uh. which, which frankly is kind of like the CW's MO I mean if I'm being honest and, and this is not me being like catty about the CW clearly <laughs> um, this is me just being honest I, I think that one of the things that I like about CW shows Riverdale kind of being a point in case of at this moment is that there isn't a lot of messing around with logic or coherence it's just like okay let's accept for a moment these two, these two things are true as a premise What's the weirdest fucking thing we could do next? That's entertainment to me. Like, I'm all in for that. And so, I don't give a shit if in episode 10 you tell me that Molly Ringwald is his mom <laughs> and, like, some fucked up shit has happened in the past that we don't know about. I'm like, yep, well, probably makes sense. I mean, bitches are dying all the time, so why not? The Southside Snakes are coming. Watch out, guys. I mean, that's kind of how I feel. And I'm okay with that. I own that about CW shows. Speaking of no logic, can I just say that everyone in their life deserves someone that loves them as much as Cheryl Blossom so that when they are murdered, that person will go around and just shotgun accuse yeah. whoever is in front of them of being and the murderer. Slap. Yeah, like, like, not just accused, but physically assault. Yeah. And, like, the, the authorities in the town and at the school are like, well, she's really distraught, so we might as well let keep, we'll keep letting her hit people. Well, it's not just that I she's mean, distraught. It's that she's clearly, like, a fucking rich white woman, and they're just like, yeah, she can do whatever she wants. She's got carte blanche. By the time yeah. she starts beating up Jughead... That's like the seventh person she thought killed her brother. Yeah, It's just like a Tuesday in Riverdale. Yeah, she's hurling like, she's, accusations. She's cutting out people's faces from pictures and then eating the pictures like a goddamn yeah, the, wild dog. The guy from Memento had a more coherent investigative technique than Cheryl Blossom. Well, I, <laughs> like, think, I think <laughs> Cheryl's got that approach of like, let me just throw as much spaghetti at the wall and see what sticks. Like, that's her thing, because eventually she will be right. Yeah, yeah just process of Even though she kind of... In the end, she kind of wasn't. Like, she kind of had to get told who done did it, but eh, who, who can blame her? Yeah. Let me ask this question. So, so given that all of us... Uh, Noah being the obvious exclusion here, Aww. nerd, um, are pretty pretty pro Blossom and seem to have some revelry for Cheryl. Mm. So, if you could have picked someone else to have done it, who do you pick? That's a tough one. That's a tough. Do question. Do you go with your your wife's decision there, Kyle? 
I was gonna gloss over that one, but my wife. I I know who I'm picking right now. Who who are you picking? picking? Yeah, Archie himself. Ooh. Uh, Oh. Okay, so you could pick that he's either like you know totally Stockholm syndrome by Grundy, who you know if we want to talk about what makes Archie a character for me, he calls the Department of Family Services and reports what happened to him, and then they send out a task force after that after that person. Um. But after that, uh, I am concerned that, like, you know, did he just kill it for fun? Is it like a stranger thing? <laughs> yeah. Did he start with? Did he start with like? Did he stray like? He's like the Arab on the beach. He's just like, well, I saw a man on the beach, and I wanted to know what it looked like when a man died. So <laughs> I shot him. Plus, he has red hair. And then and I learned. He's, he's, he's yeah, and then I learned to write songs. And just I just wanted to be like just dead eyed <laughs> and insane. I just needed the motivation to make better music. Yeah. He's got red hair and he's white like me. It's like looking in a mirror. I wanted to watch I myself about, I thought die. About how perfect my life was, and it was kind of disgusting. So I changed <laughs> yeah. that, and he was there for me. Holy shit! And like, yeah, I just wanted to be like American Psycho. Okay, that, that's my pick. I'm gonna hit you with something out of left field. Here's who I want it to be. I want it to be Blaze Blossom. Who is Blaze Blossom? You might be asking yourself. Oh God! That is I am th- asking that. That is Cheryl's alternate personality. <laughs> what? In Afterlife with Archie, it's implied that Jason had an abusive, uh, you know, all of all types with Cheryl, and eventually, uh, it's implied that Cheryl just fucking murders him as she should, um, and then she drops the old name and adopts the moniker of Blaze, which I know and I think they might be building to, maybe not so much the, yes. the rape incest yeah. thing. Well, she did burn down exactly. an entire mansion. But with her grandma might possibly in it. She's immortal. She's fine. She's fine. She'll live forever. Yeah, she's fine. She'll live forever. Yeah. She's fine. She's got way too that's much heroin in her body. That's some Professor X shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, she blinked <clears throat> out of there. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, Blaze Blossom did it, and that's why Cheryl's hurling allegations or whatever the word is at everyone around her because she can't even stand to look in the mirror yet because she don't even know she did it damn that's deep See, yeah that's that's what i want. I probably would have gone with with grundy Noah? and like she you know yeah she kills him and then she gets away by being forced away like out of town for sleeping with archie and then she's like haha suckers got got out scot-free well, you- before she has to go like Get manhunted back down to into Riverdale. Do we think yep, Grundy yep. slept with him, Jason? With Jason? Jason? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, right. I, like I'm glad I'm not alone in that yeah, one. No. Like the, she's a no. sexual predator pedophile. Yeah, the C, which, the CW mandated pedophile definitely slept with him. Why you would write that in there is beyond me. They, but then why you would just like get cold feet having done the most loathsome, repugnant ill-advised storyline ever all right and just have her peace out in like four and then have the person saying like we should send the pedophile to jail be the antagonist of the episode (laughs) it's like how dare she wow betty's mom real buzzkill (laughs) you gotta watch the first episode of pretty little liars because no joke there are like four pedophiles in the first episode Oh, wow. my God. Like, no, thank you. This is, there's always one, but the upward limit is, I think, four to an episode. But wow. it's, yeah, it's buck fucking wild. It's also some of the stupidest television I've ever watched in my life. It's so bad, I can't even get past See the second episode. Yeah, okay, fine. We'll all have to watch it then. So, Spencer, yeah. who is your yep. pick for who Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so hear me out. This one's a little bit weird, 
I think all of you have good ideas. I think Grundy was a sneaky good pick. I think Archie was a great pick. I love the explanation here. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm in on some of this stuff, but hear me out. Freddy Krueger. <laughs> Here's what happens. All right. You've got my interest. Okay. So, uh, a couple of, well, 15 plus years ago at this point, there was an attempt to start creating some overlap between horror characters, hence Freddy versus Jason, which is quietly one of the most underrated horror films, slasher films, in the history of slasher films. Yeah, like and Ginger Dead Man and Evil Cabin in the Woods. If Cabin in the Woods taught us anything, it's that we can do genre mashups really fucking well if we just lean into them. So here's my thinking. It's Freddy Krueger all along, and nobody saw it coming, and season two is Nightmare on Elm Street in Riverdale with Archie and the gang, who are not unlike the group of teenagers that Freddy torments all along in the Elm Street series, trying to deal with expunging Freddy Krueger, who's at the heart of the blood money portion of maple syrup. And I frankly think we've got a winning 13 episodes I'm, there. I'm down for that. I mean, it's not like Archie Comics haven't gone with some bonkers-ass crossovers before. The first That's and right. foremost That's right. is Archie meets the Punisher. And then Archie and yep. the Predator. Right. <laughs> right. Also, think about this. So what I've said is absurd. I understand that. Don't give a fuck. Okay? But the, the, the logical gap I've had to fill between the person who killed Jason Blossom was Freddy Krueger and, oops, you didn't know this, but Betty's family and the Blossoms are actually related and it was incest between Jason and Betty's sister, those two gaps aren't all that different. And we accepted one, so I would suggest that we must accept the other. Well, I mean, here's a fun fact. Did you know that Freddy Krueger's mother's maiden name was Blossom? No. So, there it is. There's our connection, yo. <laughs> just killed somebody. That's me. That's me. That's me choking on bourbon while I'm drinking. <laughs> and not believe. Is this... Kyle, are you fucking with me? No, nah, no, nah, dog. That's canon. You can look it up. That's on Wikipedia, homie. I just put bourbon through my nose, and now I've got like these burning feelings behind my eyes because I feel like yeah. I feel like what I did is I reached into a black bag of dragon tears <laughs> and I pulled out the golden snitch. You know what I mean? Like that. No, like I actually don't know what you mean. I have no idea what the fuck you just said. Oh. Then you just put me through a fuck ton, fuck ton of pain, Kyle. Okay, that's what, what is I a bag of right dragon now. tears? Is that some sort you know, of? Reason? It's a Harry Potter reference, man. There's a bag of dragon tears. Another thing I want in Potter? season two. Archie <laughs> gets the owl, and he's actually a wizard. Archie is clearly like a horned serpent, or maybe a thunderbird, because he's got to no, go to the American no, school. He's a fucking Weasley. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the American that's branch of the Weasley family. <laughs> that's right. Okay. Riverdale season two: colon, yeah. the sexiest Weasley. Yeah. Oh, he absolutely is. Like, Rupert <laughs> Grant just stares at him the whole time. You know, and like. Hermione is just eyeing him up and down, and he is like Wingardium Leviosa, girl, and they just get after it. <laughs> the, in the most jock ass wizard I've ever seen. Oh, Harry Potter is a total goddamn bro, but we gotta remember, like, in the year of our Lord 2017, Harry Potter is like 50 years old or some crazy ass bullshit so like that's true it ain't young harry this is harry coming out of retirement here to hunt down like voldemort 2.0 and let me say this harry potter is still 
logically more coherent than anything ha that happens in any one episode of Riverdale. <laughs> okay, that brings us to a good point. So, we've talked about the characters. We've gave our one-word descriptions. We've talked about Freddy Krueger's mother's maiden name. What, Hyphenated two words. What is everyone's favorite scene? Like, the scene that sticks out to you the most. Because now we're talking about what little like cohesion this this show has and i'm just gonna go ahead and squat on this domain name like it's the early goddamn 90s and the internet just got invented i'm gonna go ahead and take the the fucking torture hot tub scene where they're about to kill that oh, creep i'm gonna take that one dick. for kyle that's mine now yeah that's pretty brutal that one is the most like even now to this day that is the most goddamn buck wild fucking like five to ten minutes of television that I have ever watched. It's poorly acted, it's poorly directed, the lighting is all over the place, Veronica looks perfect as always, and they torture a human being on camera, and then Dark Betty shows up for the first time. Like, I can't even describe it outside of goddamn Buck Wild. No, that's, yeah, that that's like clearly the winner. I think all of us are aiming at second. Let me take a stab at second place here. Um... And, and I, this is a distant second at best, but, you know, so if I'm Jughead Jones, right, and, like, my ethos is everything is the fucking worst. I am literal human garbage, right? At one point, his refrain is, I'm weird, I'm a weirdo, and he re he resolves himself to being a, a, a cultural icon at the lesser of the two schools. So here I am, Jughead Jones, incapable of believing that someone like Betty could actually love me. And so... When I get a chance to actually have sex with her in my father's trailer home, nonetheless. <laughs> they gave I him a jacket. That's right. It was I important. decide to stop having sex with her because someone knocks on the door only to find out it is a large contingent of the Southside Snakes. Just a bunch of burly dudes. A bunch of burly dudes. And I've got a boner. <laughs> And here I they am know, standing in my bonery underwear, and they're like, oh, hey, for your boner, why don't you cover it up with this leather jacket that says Southside Snakes? And rather than be like, you know what, guys, this is awesome. Don't get me wrong. Definitely want to put that jacket on. But right now, I got some boning to do. Jughead, like, leans into it, and he was like, this is some sentimental shit, and puts the jacket on. And frankly, the most honest thing that happens in that moment is Betty looking out the door being like, Jughead. And she's not saying, here's the thing, like, I think we're all led to believe she's saying, like, are you sure you want to be a Southside Snake? But I think what she's actually actually saying is, like, dude, we were about to bone. Did you still want to bone? <laughs> like, dog, you're sending me mixed signals. Right, because, like, I was up on the counter. Like, this is a trailer park, so I feel like I'm really letting a lot of myself go to have sex here. And, was, and then you push the pause button was, on me. This was getting like, real intense. I feel intense. like you fleeced me here. All right, yeah. counterpoint. Here is my counterpoint. So what if, and we don't know this, it hasn't been confirmed or denied, that jacket, did you know, Southside Serpent jackets, lined with cashmere, so goddamn snugly to wear, and maybe <laughs> oh. Jughead has a leather fetish. Maybe he wanted to, to look tough while he had consensual sex with his beautiful girlfriend. No, okay, so this is a good point, and, and when you said cashmere, I was like, oh, that would definitely get her in the sack, but here's the thing, like, she was already ready to get in the sack, and, but, like, here's what I'm also thinking... 
We see clear evidence that Archie and Veronica got it on, because we're supposed to assume these are parallel narratives that Jughead and Betty are about to do it, and Archie and Veronica are about to do mm -hmm. it, and we see one of them wake up next to the other, Archie and Veronica, but we don't see that happen with Jughead and Betty. So my assumption is, Kyle, while you've introduced what is probably like a pretty good lovemaking tactic for someone in that moment, which is like, <laughs> also check out this techniques. leather jacket. That's right. Which he didn't need, to be clear, because that shit, that train was coming. Um, I feel like we never got the resolve on Jughead and Betty that they were so clearly willing to give us on Archie and Veronica to suggest that one of them boned and one of them was Jughead and Betty. All right, I'm choking because I'm just imagining like some MRA pickup line website or book <laughs> saying like, stop foreplay, leave the room, hang out with a bunch of buddies, put on a leather jacket, come back. <laughs> Hashtag cashmere. You know? That's that's what they love, dude. It works every time. Uh, I mean, like, listen. Caleb. Caleb, what's the standout scene to you, though? Because yeah. you and I have talked about this a lot. Like, we were catching up after every episode, and you you have talked more about Dark Betty than you've talked about anything in the last two months, except for Red Markets, obvi. Uh, and so. <laughs> Uh, it, it, since Kyle's taken that, and I've taken the obvious clear winner for second, which is the Southside Serpent's cocklock. Okay. What's third on the list for you? For me, it's it's kind of odd because it's kind of contextual. I think it's the last time before you realize um, Skeet Ulrich is innocent when he's in jail there for like two or three episodes. Where he's just like, oh, and he's like old yellering him, like, go on, yeah, here. yeah, go on, uh, get, we, we call get that out of Harry here. Harry and the Hendersons were on, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. So what he's doing? What he's what he's white fanging him? Get get out here, <laughs> his own son. And then it, it seemed odd to me at the moment, and then later I'm realizing, like, okay, you're guilty of kidnapping at best, but probably since you never did a ransom or anything like that, assault, you know, something like that. Um, and you're in the jail's office, and the guy thinks you did it, and you have literal security camera footage of the murder. <laughs> like, <laughs> why don't you just say, uh, Sheriff, I would like a deal where you get me off of my maybe one to three year assault charge, <laughs> and I give you a literal recording of the man <laughs> shooting someone in the head. And you have the most foolproof case for a felony murder. Oh, also, by the way, since I'm diving you up for immunity, he has a international heroin smuggling ring. Okay. So Why would you second, not do that? Like, half a second. Let's talk about the implication of that. So, like, let's say for a moment that he does that, that Skeet Ulrich rats, right, which violates the Southside Serpent Code that uh, Southside Serpents don't rat. No, no, no. Huh? What, no, no. They don't rat on other Southside Supers. They don't give a fuck about Franklin okay. Blossom. Right, right. But here's what happens. So... Skeet Ulrich, right? Like, he raps. So Franklin Roosevelt... No, Franklin Blossom. <laughs> Franklin Roosevelt also... His name is Clifford Blossom. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're almost okay, great. there. Clifford Blossom. Yeah, yeah, Clifford whatever. Blossom. Whatever his name is. Yeah. Clifford Blossom. He Daddy gets arrested. Blossom. Yeah, Big Daddy Blossom gets arrested. Sorry, guys. I'm drunk. And I'm also not sorry. And so Clifford Blossom sorry, gets arrested, sorry. right? So then Skeet Ulrich never has this protracted jail, jail story. And in not having a protracted jail story, there's also not a moment where he can't not rat 
on Joaquin. And so because he doesn't not rat on Joaquin, Jughead never gets rewarded from the Southside Serpents. So assuming that, there's still a world in which he rats, but he's not in the trailer park. It's real possible that Jughead is in the trailer home with Betty, not interrupted by the Southside Serpents. And season two is about Jughead and Betty's baby. And we all want to watch the fuck out of that show. <laughs> That's how significant that moment is. That was right. uh that was that was pretty uh, convoluted for like he could have like just said, Hey, my son's here in the jail right now and safe. Can you just put him in the cell with me? Alright, now I'd like to see a lawyer. And here is your ticket into the FBI, Sheriff of <laughs> <Enjoy laughs> Because you just Yeah, because you just single handedly took down El Chapo of the <laughs> Pacific Northwest, I assume. Is based th- on the trees. Is that dude um, still yeah, where free and loose? Okay, so <laughs> did he dig another tunnel? <laughs> so I've, I've de- deciphered from both the license plate and the growing pattern of the sugar maple roughly where Riverdale should be, and it's like upstate New York, Vermont area. Yeah, it's near me. Yeah. Vermont makes sense given the maple syrup, I suppose. I am looking, so first off, I want you to know that when you said it's Clifford Blossom, I was like, is that true? Because, like, A, Caleb and I have been yeah, saying it's Franklin Clifford Blossom the Big Red Dad. Be a little <laughs> bit bourbon. I don't think there is a character uh, named Franklin in the show. <laughs> not yet. Well, so I do want to tell you this. When we thought it was Franklin <laughs> Blossom, I had a whole bit here where I was going to come on as Delano Blossom, <laughs> his twin brother, and defend the fuck out of him. Yeah, I'm glad we didn't do that. Yeah, that really probably would have looked like fools. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, accent at all but here's what i want to tell you so i googled it and now i'm on the riverdale wiki and cliff blossom's page occupation owner of blossom maple farms drug (laughs) (laughs) it's fitting so i mean i mean it ain't wrong he is both those things he's moonlight that's right that's right two there are two bullet points there one I feel is drug lord. Like, I feel like um, at a certain point, drug lord, le- drug lord comes first, though. Yeah, it definitely does. Yeah, definitely more of a drug lord than a maple syrup man. Hey Noah, what's your scene? Yes. Oh god, I think I'm I'm a little bit torn. I think the scene, like in and of itself, would be the confrontation of the blossoms and the coopers oh, no. in the middle of the <laughs> night. <laughs> Oh yeah, it's it's just so no. gross, and I feel like Penelope's blossom of like her line of nothing could be more purely blossom than those babies is like the grossest Mama, line oh, ever said in the show. Like, yeah. Oh, God. I think my second is the slow mo brick through the windshield, like for just like <laughs> impact. The slow-mo break through the plate glass window of, like, the small town paper that employs literally two people. Like, when it's, like, slow-mo and, like, with music swelling behind it, like, it's, like, the finale of waiting to exhale or something. And I'm just like, people are dead in the streets, lady. (laughs) This means, your minor vandalism means nothing. Let let me make a strong argument for the second best scene in the whole fucking series being Josie's dad 
getting up to leave <laughs> during, during the song. Which, to be fair, like if I'm Josie's dad and my daughter is like a fucking prodigy, and she is, and I show, I come all the way back from whatever jazz land I've been in, you know, I've made it out of the liminal space and I'm like living with the Miles Davises of the world, and I come back to see my prodigy daughter, and all she does for two and a half minutes is make whale sounds, like I too would be pissed and probably get up and leave. But man, like, that that is the thing, the symbol that they think they needed to show us the disconnect. The, the sheer abu- emotional abuse of that family was in a show that is full of striking and <coughs> lacks nuance, the most striking, unnuanced thing I have ever seen. It was, it was utterly cold-blooded. I, I loved every second of it. I was in tears when it happened. It was, it was arguably better or worse than what Clifford Blossom did to his son. That's what I want to say. Some bitch didn't even, he didn't even pretend to take a call. He didn't even get his cell phone out. Like He, he wasn't even like, I have to take this. He just like dropped the mic out. Yeah. He shook his head disappointedly and then just marched yeah. out. This like like rag sax man like you don't make money as a jazz musician i assume yeah but like to be fair you know and and again i know i've done some defending of some frankly you know uh defunct fathers already um but you know we watched josie do some pretty ratty covers of some pretty great pop songs the whole time but at least she was singing things like okay this is vomity and i get that you're trying to like play to the zeitgeist stop but at least there, there are words that you're singing here. The song that he I showed up for I could not disagree more. I feel like the young actress playing Josie does a very good job playing the hand that she was dealt. Like, I think she has a lovely voice. Was was she dealt orca sounds, Kyle? Is that what you're talking <laughs> So they got to that part in the script and someone was like, also just, ah. do, just do dolphin noises. Because she she had made her way through... You know, not complex, but certainly Englishy kind of worded songs earlier in the season. Like even Archie had some, something. Hey man, look man. Sometimes been. kids stretch. Sometimes kids stretch too hard, and all these thirty-one-year-olds <laughs> in this uh, high school are apparently sixteen or less. And uh, she, she just you know, Donna Summers is a big. It's a big boot to fill. It is, yeah. <laughs> but I, I encourage you to go back and watch this episode. Donna, Boo, Donna Summers is a huge boot to fill, except for the part where she just makes ambient noises. She is a sleep track for two minutes, and the guy's like, "Fuck this! I don't. Who wants to listen?" Frankly, if you paid it's for a, a ticket high to that school shit, you wouldn't want to listen to it either. Show. It just so happens. I don't know. Yes. Yeah, and it like, felt pretty high school. <laughs> maybe you're show. more of a music mm-hmm. person than me, but like I don't get emotionally attached to music in the way that I think a lot of people do. So like maybe you're just more critical. Well, yeah, no, what I'm suggesting is even in a world where that's true and I'll seed you that music may not be your thing, what Josie does for the two minutes that her father is in the room is not in fact music. It is like kind of lyrical humming. It's, it's Monty Python-esque. Speaking of Josie, can we just talk about, like, what a travesty most of the Pussycat storylines were this year? Like, they mishandled the Archie-Val um, stuff, I think, at every possible turn. Yeah. Yeah, like... Every turn. You're absolutely right. 
first off, so I'm supposed to believe that after Grundy leaves, which was, which should have been the most frame rupturing thing in Archie's universe ever, right? A man who was a, 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 a who a boy, Miss Grundy, if I'm being honest, who was unwilling to to date Betty, his best friend, beautiful best friend, who's in love with him because he has a thing for his teacher. She leaves, and we're talking an episode and a half later, and he's dating Val. I, come on, guys. I mean, if what? Zach Morris broke up with Kelly Kapowski, I don't expect him to be dating Jesse Slater or Lisa Spano, or Jesse Spano or Lisa Slater the next minute, is what I am saying. Less than that length of time, he's already shooting, like, no joke, like, within the, like, halfway through the next episode, after Grundy leaves, he's already throwing, like, lustful glares at Veronica in her cheerleading That's uniform, I believe. That's slut. Archie, that is. Not, not Val. Yeah, no, no. No, Archie, listen, Archie's a very horny blockhead slut boy. Right, like, yep. I'm not, I'm not here to slut shame nobody, like, no, by no means, but Archie, Archie, yeah. Archie is a very horny boy. He is. Wasn't that the episode where he goes to the professor of songwriting? Oh, that fucking pretentious dick. At a local university. Yes, yes it is. <laughs> That's not a thing that exists. I mean, like, tenure's a great thing if you can get it. But, like, I, I, I don't remember going to the songwriting building or ever filling out a songwriting grant. <laughs> <laughs> that was fucking yeah. bananas. <laughs> that, that whole... That whole it, bit zero just didn't That's serve right. any yeah, purpose. Talk about like, I don't understand padding. other than just being like to poo-poo on Archie's music. So when when Val mentions her her professor, her doctor songwriter, I'm like, oh well, this will be interesting. I thought for sure it was going to be like a way to shoehorn in some like famous um, lyricist, like kind of like in John Wick Two when Common shows up, and you're like, the fuck, Common? Okay, cool. Like, is Common playing Common in John right. Wick 2? Yeah, I was just like, oh wait, oh. Common's just going to show up and be... I mean, he's not playing him. He's not playing oh, okay. himself. I mean, I mean, maybe that would be really interesting the, well, if Common was just he could also be. a secret right. bodyguard assassin. I love how suddenly you're Common's best lady. friend, Caleb. That's cool. Um, but I'm thinking, well, they're just going to like shoehorn in like some Quincy Jones. I mean, some like throwaway uh, fan service bit. No. Yeah, no, Gerard you're, you're absolutely right. It is just fucking a three-minute scene that has nothing to do with anything other than someone being like, Archie, you're not very good, which anyone watching the show knew Archie wasn't very good. I mean, that's not Yeah, difficult. they give him, like, two or three scenes, too. It's not just one waste of my fucking time. They go back to him. And if they go back to him in season two, I'll be genuinely miffed. Absolutely. Because it, like, just, like, let that plot hook drop to the side. Yep. Because it's a waste of my time. Let it it's go. It's a waste of everybody else's time. Amen. We've touched on sort of what we're hopeful for for the next season. But, like, outside of our... Just like absolutely goddamn bonkers, insane theories. What are we looking forward to exploring, and what are we looking forward to not ever seeing again? Vis-a-vis -vis this fucking music guy. That's my choice. Okay, I'm looking forward to uh, Jughead becomes a actual crime boss because Southside Snakes have like a sort of monastic dynasty policy in their charter. I'm so worried um, about that plot line. I, like it has to be handled very well for it to not suck. Worried? No, man. I just want like Sons of Anarchy with Jughead. Like, <laughs> so we're entering crossover territory. <laughs> we yeah. might as well just open a goddamn fan uh, fiction blog at this point. 
I mean, yeah, Archie in, in comics is already doing the fanfics things. Like they don't they don't mess around. Like it, they're a promiscuous brand. I, I don't know why we don't just keep keep doubling down on the mm. insanity. Um, least, yeah, least looking forward to. Um, I hate I hate the plot line with Veronica's dad. Hiram, just man. because yeah. I. I don't think I've seen an actress with less range than Veronica's mom since Kristen Stewart or whatever in the Twilight films. She can look pensive yeah, or sort cold. of like quietly... She can look pensive or sort of like quietly indignant and that's it. To the point where like by the end of the series there are scenes that shouldn't end that way and she'll just like pick one of those two facial expressions. And also, they really like to linger on her face too after reactions. Like yeah. I've never seen an act. I've never seen a character get so many reaction shots that wasn't like in a horror movie. Like like every time there's a conversation, they are lingering on her, like sort of mildly pursing her lips, or sort of like less mildly pursing her lips and looking kind of angry is, in is, the eyes. That's that's all she's like got. That's like their microphone. No. Oh, I heard I was getting nope. something on my end, but maybe I'm wrong. But yeah, I agree. Like Hermione, I I don't know. I feel like maybe that's still too large of a step. But the actress is fine for the range that she has. But I would like to see if maybe she can push it a little further and not end with so many long shots on like a a face of a front. You know what mm-hmm, I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There there was a lot of lingering. Now that you said it was almost telenovela esque, Caleb. Yes, like. Uh... Like an overdue amount of just looking at her while she's processing what just happened. That's totally true. Yeah, I agree completely. But what about you, my man? What are you thinking? Man, this is tough. So things I'm most excited about, least excited about. So least excited about, like, I don't know that I want to explore the storyline of of the remaining Blossoms putting their life back together. Um, the one exception there is like, like us learning about grandma blossoms voodoo past. Like I'd be pretty interested (laughs) that she's the yellow King. Like I'd be pretty interested in that. Yeah. Um, She's our like bail Norn lich. That's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, most excited about honestly. So like we've seen what Archie can do when he feels convicted, you know, Caleb pointed out earlier, he leaves gallons of blood on the ice on the assumption that Cheryl may or may not kill herself in the water. Well, she will die, obviously. Did you guys ever see the cove? There was yeah, that no, much definitely. blood in the water. It's yeah. like the... It was like the intro to Jaws, you know, and so so I do, you know, and, and maybe this is my like CW show kind of generic uh, plot point taking over. I want to see Archie on a revenge tour for his father. Um, and I don't know what that looks like, and I'm not sure who did it, and frankly, I don't give a fuck who did it, but I do want to see, I want to see Archie be Cheryl in season two. Like, at some point, Archie assumes that everyone in the universe has done this, and so he's walking around just slapping and or do, doing more physical violence to people. On the assumption- So not only, not only do you want Archie to actually have something to do this season, That's right. but you want him to just be like the driving factor of his story gods be damned accuse everyone that's right raise the town that's absolutely right wait 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 what if the person that shot luke perry and tragically killed him ended up being a south side snake but not working under 
not working under Jughead's order, but Jughead, as the new leader of the Snakes, feels like he has to maintain it. And season two is a brother yep. versus brother yep. story. That could actually be pretty of fresh. like evil political yes, machinations. In for that. Totally in for that. And especially because, you know, Jughead could really explore the Southside High School gang as a supporting cast against Archie and either the football team, who I think he's probably ostracized himself from. So rather than the football team, let me let me suggest that Archie's posse in season two are not football players, players but rather bandmates. And so Archie's bandmates against Jughead's Southside High Schoolers, who are clearly all hooligans, in a Sharks v. Jets style musical season two. I could get in on a musical episode. I mean, like, if we want to glee the whole season up, then sure, let's do that too. But I could get in on at least one musical episode. See, and Caleb is typically out on musical episodes, so I think that even in this world, if Caleb sees a musical episode, he's done. Am I wrong here? Oh, yeah. Uh, here's the thing. I think I'd be down for a musical episode if Archie could listen to an album made after 1997. Yeah. Like, he's just trying to bring Dashboard back. I'm it's like, not even, like, good emo. What? Like, it's not even, like, perfect circle emo. It's just, like, the most yeah, drivelly. Yeah, they're just, they're just trying to be... Yeah, they're just trying to be nice to him. Like, they're all listening to Drake and stuff. Like, I hear it, like... In the soundtrack, there's stuff that's been like, existed in the 2000s at least. But he's like up there talking about their hair screaming infidelities and shit. And I'm just like, come on, man. Get a synthesizer. Do, like, do some dance moves. Something. Like, this is killing me. All right. So we got sort of where Spencer's coming from. Sorry for the abrupt audio hiccup there, everybody. A little bit of technical difficulties. But Noah, my silent, silent friend, what storyline are you most excited to hear about? In season two, and what storyline do you have cold feet about getting back into for season two? Oh, man. Uh, let's see. I am actually kind of interested to see where where Jughead is going to end up. Um, to see how how far he's going to fall into the, the snake pit. Yeah, a lot of people seem to be excited about that. Uh, I, I think that's probably, like, the most interesting kind of loose end there. Mm. Um, and what's your least? Uh, I, I don't care about Hiram Lodge. <laughs> yeah, I really don't. it seems like you and Caleb are of are of the same mind. Like I also do not give a hot shit because that's going to be mine too. I don't fucking care about Hiram Lodge. Like I feel like a lot of the the adult women in this series. Some of them suck, but most of them also just, in addition to sucking, get dealt a very shitty hand. Yeah, like, I just... He just sounds like an awful person, and unless he's gonna be, like, the most charismatic, like, drug lord ever stepping in to, to take over, like, Clifford's business or something like that, I don't really see, like, getting much enjoyment yeah. out of his storyline at all. I'm kind of over the smarmy like, mentally and sexually abusive male character. Like, I don't know. I just feel like that's a gross storyline, and I'm, I'm tired of seeing it on TV and, like, making it commonplace. The only way I could enjoy him coming back is if he brings up whatever, like, nightmare Veronica was in the past, because she constantly brings up, like, why I'm being nice and supportive is because I was a monster in my previous life, and, like, 
I know we all just kind of like internalize that as doing mean girl shit, but what if he's just like, remember that time I had you plant child porn on the hard drives of my business rivals? And like, I, I just imagine Veronica just being like an OPSEC mean girl nightmare American psycho. And like, I could see it being interesting if he comes back and he's just like, you're going to love me again, daughter. I'm going to tell everyone about your unspeakable blasphemous <laughs> crimes at a different high school. Well, let me make an argument. Let me make an argument for Hiram Lodge here. So first off, Hiram Lodge has already been cast because they're in season two. I know I've done a lot of defending fathers in this. In this, of so monsters Hiram Lodge is played by Mark Consuelos, and I don't know who Mark Consuelos is. And according to IMDb, no one else does either. Okay, so but <laughs> what if Hiram Lodge was played by like I don't know Edward James Almos? Wouldn't that be, like, a little interesting Ooh. to get, like, a fanciful Oscar-winning or Oscar-worthy character to come in and play, like, the silent benefactor, the silent snake, the creepy old man no one's seen that's done some fucked up shit from prison, or maybe, like, Ice Cube plays him. You know what I mean? I mean, left field shit. Isn't there a version of Hiram Lodge here that's kind of interesting? <laughs> You know, I think that the the sort of stoic, not like outwardly abusive Hiram Lodge that you're presenting with our almost type type lead, I think that's more interesting than what I'm almost certain they are going to do. Like, oh, absolutely, they're gonna they're gonna go for like the the bottom of the barrel, like uh, you know, soap opera esque yeah. casting decision here. I'm just trying to, I'm trying to hope that this thing we've been set up for, for a number of episodes, is not the most boring thing that they, they hit us yeah, with. Yeah, I hope it's not boring, and I hope it's not just, like, gross, is just the easiest word to describe what I'm, I'm genuinely worried it's gonna head, like, directly into, like, spousal marital rape territory almost instantly. Can I just say what I never yeah. want to see again yeah. is the, like, football character sort of stand-in Steubenville rapist character. I don't, I don't know who that guy, what his character name is. Oh, um... Yeah. <laughs> Because I find nothing interesting about that. I'm kind of alarmed it's in the series at all. I mean, it gave us Dark Betty, so we have to be grateful for that much. But another another great scene that really stuck out to me, and by great I mean it's burned in my memory like a cattle brand, is where they have a party at Archie's house for Jughead's birthday, <laughs> and then they just stop in the middle That's of it me. for a convicted sexual predator... And Cheryl Blossom, who is going to accuse the entire room of being guilty of murdering her her brother. Yeah, and like they just there's stop an for adult like there. yeah, they just stop for like a Maoist struggle session where it's just like Veronica, you have not dedicated yourself to liberating the proletariat. Like, they just start doing reads on each other, and no one else is just like somebody turn the music on or the keg's getting empty. Everyone's just like <laughs> quietly sits down. For this, yeah, at no in, point, including the forty-year-old father of one of the characters. <laughs> who's the forty-year-old motherfucker? Gang. Yeah, like what are self? While his son is getting harassed. <laughs> yeah, what? Like, there's no mob mentality. At no point does anyone at that party go, "Hey, uh, fuck you two. Like, 
it's such a goddamn suspension of disbelief for me. Yeah, like, I just wonder if Skeet Ulrich is cool with it, what a Southside Snake meeting is like. It's just like, I want to resolve something for the charter. I don't feel like Skeeter is grateful enough for the jungle juice I bring to every meeting. And I just wanted to have that said. And then they like, sit down angrily and pout. Like... Just wanted to air our grievances. <laughs> yes. They've, they've got a copy of Robert's Rules on the yeah. table. Like. It was just, that was the most bananas thing I've ever seen written anywhere. Like, where everyone's just like, well, I guess I'm going to sit down and do this. Let's stop grinding on the dance floor. Like, it takes, like, the parody that is, like, the teen party movie, like, American Pie ass party movie, and it's just like, what if we just make it stupider? I would love to see yeah. an actual, uh, like, American Pie Party movie that had any kind of scene like that. Where, like, in the second act, they're just like, guys, I think we should all be more politically active. And everything stops. And the rest, <laughs> they just, and the rest of the movie is just, like, fucking dinner with Andre. Like, uncomfortable conversations, yeah. front to back. That would be priceless. Yeah, it's just like, Archie, I really do feel like you are kind of lecherous and you objectify your female friends subconsciously, and I just want you to be aware of it and try to improve on that, because it makes me feel uncomfortable. Like, also, I feel like you're afraid of werewolves, yeah. and what's All up right. with that? So, you just changed the story I want to explore, <laughs> because my answer was obviously I want to explore Cheryl Blossom, the fucking, like, yeah. Templar of flame, but... More than that, I kind of want to see what's going on with that goddamn spooky dookie werewolf mask. Oh, I forgot about that entirely. Yeah, it's yes. such a weird, like, the fuck is happening, Teen Wolf? <laughs> yeah, he, he finds the mask, he scares himself with it. And then he hallucinates other people wearing the mask. <laughs> yeah. Like, he looks in his toy box and goes, Ugh! How'd that get in there? God, I can't even... I See, the thing about Riverdale is, like, I was indexing when I watched, like, the first seven episodes, and I burned through them in literally a day. And then I didn't have... You were texting me while you were doing yeah, it, too. And then I didn't... Status updates were bananas. And then I didn't have anything else to, like, distract me, and, like, getting through the rest of the season took me four weeks. Because it's just, like, if I was focused on it entirely, they would just do something that was so insane. I'm just like, no. And I just had to hit pause and, like, pace around my living room for five or six minutes. <laughs> oh, so, like, the term that, I, that I've come to express that with, as I've heard on various corners of the internet, is, like, the feeling of doing that is, like, your skeleton is trying to escape your body. <laughs> like, it's awful. I, and as far as, like, worst storyline goes, if they're not going to do it right, I don't want to go back to Val. Like, do it right yeah. or don't do it at all. I want more exposure for that group because I think that there's some real potential in stories that we can tell there. But they really let me down on that shit. And yeah. that's where I'm at. I don't know. I, I am kind of interested just from some of the casting updates they've done um, with both Skeet Ulrich and Casey Cott, who plays um, Kevin, mm. they're both promoted to series regulars now. Yeah. Instead of being like guest stars or whatever, so I'm I'm interested to see what they're gonna do with those characters, if anything. Well, I mean, that about does it for everything that I have, and there are air quotes around this. None of y'all can see it, but this is everything that I have prepared. Um, so I guess I would like to thank 
our two guest hosts for for coming on and shooting the breeze with us for a little while. Uh, Caleb and uh, oh my god, Spencer, Spencer, there it is, dude. I you have no idea. The first like three episodes, Noah. This is not an exaggeration. I would forget your name occasionally. Oh. Like I'm real bad with names. Like it took me forever to remember my wife's. It's it's a real problem. Um, but <laughs> uh, what what are y'all up to? Like tell us about what's going on in your personal and professional lives, where people can get at you, and what they want to keep their eyes on. Caleb, you just launched a book. Get in there, man. Yeah, homie, I'm setting you up. Yeah, so I, I write uh, RPG books, and uh, Kyle was lovely enough to help me with the layout for the current one called Red Markets. Yeah. Uh, it's available for pre-order on Backer Kit. Uh, if y'all would be nice enough to throw a link into the show notes, that'd be great. But uh, you can also just yep. go on Backer Kit and search it. Um, and then, Spencer, you want to talk about the podcast we do together? Yeah, for sure. So if you aren't already listening to The Mixed Six, Caleb and I do two, now three episodes a month because we just broke our $1,000 mark on Patreon as of this week. Uh, And so three times a month, if you're a backer at $2 and above on Patreon, we do six segments. Uh, Each segment is introduced by a different beer where we rate and review the beer using a different rating system for each beer. Uh, And then we'll talk about a number of subjects from popular culture, television, movies, books, board games is kind of our staple. Um, Ask Mix 6, where listeners get to send in questions to us. And then for our drunkest part of the night, we typically save a drunk enough topic where we try to get real deep on something real difficult while we're the most drunk we are of the evening. And so the Mix 6 has been going really well. We've got a ton of great listeners. Uh, we've got a ton of great content. We just recorded episode 19. We also do some mini episodes called Hot Takes on Ice and, of course, uh, Snippets of Adventure, which is our RPG segments that we've been releasing here and there over the last couple of weeks. So a lot of content if you aren't already listening. Other than that, I do nothing creative or awesome in my life. So I'm kind of putting all my eggs in that basket. <laughs> okay. Well, there's something well, to congratulations. be said Congratulations on hitting that yeah. goal yeah, and for the you. release of Red Markets. It's it's awesome. Yeah, it's a, it's been a lot of work and uh, Caleb, you you fucking deserve all the goddamn accolades that are going to come for this product, my Brian. Oh, well, thanks. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. If the fine folks, it's no Riverdale, to... guys. Let's damn <laughs> <laughs> uh, If the fine right. folks listening want to like say get in touch with you or follow you guys on Twitter or anything like that, where can they do that? Yeah, for sure. So on Twitter, we're at The Mixed Six. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash The Mixed Six. We have both a Facebook page and a Facebook group. You can, of course, always go to our website, www.themixedsix.com. Is it mixedsix.com or themixedsix.com? The mixed six. I always fucking forget. Yeah. Nailed it. TheMix6.com. And then you can find Caleb and I individually on Twitter. I'm at EgonZord. Hebanon G. Cal. Uh, we can throw a link in there and you can also find us on patreon at the mix six so yeah for sure so come come at us you know <laughs> awesome. awesome Noah, where do we exist on the internet we exist in a multitude of places uh you can find us on twitter at maple and blood uh you can email us at uh, maple and blood all one word all spelled out at gmail.com uh you can Go to our website, mapleandblood.wordpress.com. You can go to our Tumblr, which should be mapleandblood.tumblr.com. You can go to our Facebook page, uh, which just search for Maple Syrup Blood Money. You'll find it. Um, We link all of the episodes and stuff via that. And 
if you would be so kind to go to whatever sort of podcasting service you use and give us like a rating and review, that would be super, super helpful. And and do the same for the Mix 6, because they, they definitely need it. <laughs> yeah, they oh, definitely man. need it more than us. <laughs> what with their billion dollar Patreons. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that about does it. You did the Gmail, yeah, brother? Yes. Okay, cool. Um, So that about does it for, uh, I believe this is the 14th episode of uh, Maple Maple Serp Blood Moan. Uh, As always, I have been your mm, something host, Kyle Cardi. And I've been your something host, Noah Carden. I mean, you you, you two can say goodbye too if you want. Yeah, I mean, we've been your uh, Now We're Here hosts. So I've been Spencer. I'm Caleb. Thank you for listening.